0: What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We had on the program current 67.5 kilo national champion, Morgan Aquino-Garcia, and he gave us a fantastic interview, Um, talked about his performance at Mega Nationals, where he dethroned Dan Clements, excellent battle there, one of the big storylines of Mega Nationals, talked about him as far as being, if he considered himself the best in the world in the 66-kilo weight class as well. Uh, really good conversation there. We kind of talked about what he has planned going forward with future competitions. There's a long off-season with a lot of possibilities. Talked about him and I's eerily similar competition or a career in powerlifting. Like, we've had a lot of similarities. We're shared the same unofficial coach. Uh, that was interesting to find out. Um, so, pretty interesting uh, conversation there. And, um, we, uh, we go into lifter rating as well. And also actually before we got into that, we talked about whether or not his victory over Dan Clements was an upset. Um, really good conversation there. So, and of course we have lifter rating. Fantastic interview. We'll love to have Morgan on again sometime. Make sure you guys are subscribing on Apple podcast. Make sure you're subscribing on Spotify. Leave a five star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review on Apple podcast as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and also our website, and without further ado, here it is. Two white lights.
1: Oh baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take it away for bon yeah, from the home of
0: and as promised I got with me the 67 and a half kilo national champion Morgan Aquino Garcia
1: how are you my man I'm doing great man thank you thank you for having me on the show uh, before we begin I I'm going to say uh, thank you guys to our lights for providing this platform for lifters and helping grow the sport of powerlifting. I think what you guys are doing is amazing. You know, before we got on air, I kind of told you, I think about two years ago, I was like, I hope you guys blow up. I hope you guys grow. And you guys are doing a fantastic job.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate that. And yeah, we we found you. Um, a few years back, I mean, I think it was during the uh, Daytona Nationals. Um, right before that, and we were looking just, I think, at scouting, and people started to really comment you on stuff of being a guy to look out for, and they were not wrong on that. Um, amazing performance last year at 2021 Nationals in Daytona. And then this year, we had you pretty solidly in second place. But you ended up winning against one of the best lifters in the Pro Series, one of the best pro se- uh, the pro- uh, best professional lifter in the USAPL, Dan Clements. And uh, let's just start there, man. How are you feeling after competition?
1: How am I feeling regarding what? Being the champ or just overall?
0: Overall, champ, how are you feeling physically, mentally going forward?
1: <clears throat> let's start off with being the champ. It feels good, honestly, especially because no one had me winning like at all so it feels really good to just stick it to them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but honestly it doesn't it just lasted for maybe a day like oh damn i'm the champion but i kind of saw it coming i know nobody else did but you know i've been putting in the work so i just knew it was a matter of time for it to happen like you guys were saying one mislift here one mislift there um there could be a new champion mm-hmm. so it feels good physically Um, feel okay. A little banged up right now with my lower back, so haven't been able to squat like in a week or so. But I'll be fine if I could go a month, two months without benching and then break an American record. I think I'll be fine Mm -hmm. if I just rehab a little bit. So, uh, feeling good, man. Just ready to keep working, trying to see what's the next chapter. Maybe retain, go back to back. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's go into the competition itself. How did the day play out for you? Because it was the most compelling matchups throughout the day. And the 75 kilos were amazing too. But that one, it's, it's a bit one unexpected, but two, there had to be a little bit of jostling going around. So this described to me what was going on like this during the day, like as you were competing.
1: Okay. So yeah, funny story. I guess I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. I didn't even know after my third deadlift. I mean, you were commentating um alfred my coach alfred john shout out reformance training <laughs> mm-hmm. um he told me you need this go get this lift you need it and i was like okay and then i saw he loaded 292 which was honestly a pretty easy attempt i had hit 290 multiple times in training at maybe eight 8.5 so i knew in the day i probably had 300 if needed so when i saw the weight loaded i was like okay i'm gonna go win this thing because uh, that's how we played it out. So then when I ended up dropping it and I saw my coach's face, he just looked devastated. So I thought I had lost. Mm-hmm. And I was already thinking, oh, shit, time to go back and back to work like another year wasted. Because I, I compete in powerlifting to win the national championship, right? To be the champ. So I was already thinking, well, here we go again another year for for another competition right get back to work so i was already shifting in that mindset um so i didn't know what was happening the entire meet now let's go back to to squat um we went two for three i sank my second squad way too deep mm-hmm. and it just become like became a grinder um i believe it was 252 so I think I probably would have had five more kills in me if I wouldn't have grinded that out. Um, so then uh, that happened. But then I also saw that Daniel Clemens missed his opener on death. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, he missed it. Um, I'm still in the game. Because honestly, I, I felt if we w- we were both going – based like you like to call me a subtotal lifter. If we both hit all of our lifts, going into deadlifts, I still thought I would have had enough to possibly beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I felt really strong. Just my total, I thought I, was, I would have landed somewhere between 730 to 740.
0: Well, yeah, I think I did call you a subtotal lifter, but it's more so in the comparison to Dan Clements because his pole is so monster. Where you're really mm. not a subtotal lifter, he's just a massive outlier when it comes to deadlift. If you look at other 675 <laughs> kilo deadlifters and 66 six kilo deadlifters, you're better yeah. than most of them. So like, yeah, like that's that's where you get those crazy outliers. Like anything below that, it's like, oh, they have to rely on the subtotals. Like, yeah, only when you go against that guy, you know, like, yeah, like I, I yeah, would that, never that qualify. I would never <laughs> qualify Russ or he as a subtotal lifter. Yeah, But, like, I beat him on the deadlift, so it doesn't, like, oh, he has to beat me on subtotal. Like, no, he beat me on deadlift, too, if he deadlifts 7.33. Like, mm-hmm. That's how – that you need a good deadlift. Like, there's – the subtotal lifters are like Jake Amendola. That's, like, a true subtotal lifter where he's got a big squat and bench, and then on deadlift he struggles with because of his leverage. You got a good deadlift on you, so definitely a well-rounded lifter.
1: Okay. Good. good. We got that cleared up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I use that a lot okay, so. during
0: commentary. Just call people subtotal deadlifters uh, if they don't have they don't have the best deadlift in the uh, weight class.
1: It's funny because uh, Alfred called it. Um, mm-hmm. I guess during warm-ups, he was taking a look, and he was like, uh, Daniel might get called for depth. And I just mm-hmm. kind of looked at him. I was like, okay. like I was like, I really don't care. I'm just trying to warm up here. Like You do your thing. You know, so he ended up missing on depth, and then I missed my third. So I was hoping to go three for three. To, I mean, I, didn't, I scratched my third. I was hoping to go three for three just to kind of build that subtotal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we were just even, two for two, going into bench. I kind of already knew I was going to gain some ground with my bench. Um, so then we went, yeah, three for three, got 182.5, which was the American record. Uh, And honestly, we kind of sandbagged that just because the rug felt a little slippery Mm -hmm. on my first attempt and my foot slipped. So confidence was a little shook. I was like, okay, let's just play it safe today. Um, so Alfred just went up five kilos for the second and then the third, another five as well. But honestly, I feel maybe five more was in there Mm -hmm. that day. So maybe 187, um, safely you know not not a grinder just safely and then like i said going into deadlifts i had no idea i was up um once i missed my third i remember just walking to the back and uh, the guy who drug tests you as soon as i walked through the curtains he's like hey man i'm here to drug test you i was like all right cool so i was standing with him and then i just see Alfred kind of giving me like a hand gesture like come over here come over here and i was like what like what's going on so I look at the board, and then that's when I first saw that I was actually up 15 kilos. I had yeah. no idea. And then um, then I also saw that Daniel Clemens had missed his second, and I had no idea. <laughs> so I had no idea. I was just like in my zone. And I was like, oh, shit, Daniel missed his second. What's going on here? And I saw that he had to go up another five kilos on this third, 5.5 kilo- 5.05 to beat me by 0.5, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he, cause if he would have tied me, would have been, I would have won on body weight. Cause yeah. I was a little lighter that day. So when I saw him lift that third and then he pulled it all the way up, I was like, oh man, great. I was like, <laughs> I lost. And then he drops it just like me. So I just remember screaming off the top of my lungs. Like, you know, let's fucking go. <laughs> and I looked around and you know, game day crew and everything kind of looked and it just felt good and then that's pretty much what happened yeah felt really good at that time man almost almost felt like a little 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 tear coming out (laughs) about time
0: (laughs) i mean it was dramatic and i mean you put yourself in perfect position um you out squatted and you out benched dan by a considerable amount so you did have that 50 uh 15 kilo lead and going into deadlifts I think on commentary it's like, okay, this is where Dan kind of pulls himself ahead and we're expecting a second attempt. And once you saw him miss, it's like, okay, this is why you hit your squat and bench. And it it kind it shows the benefit there of that. Because your bench press is nutty. I mean your squats great too. I mean you have the American you have the American record for six, seven and a half, correct? Or...
1: No, uh Jonathan Garcia does. Oh, oh okay, because they reset. Yeah, they that, reset. that's it. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, like so I think as it currently stands, you have the best. Sixty-seven and a half kilo squat just within the USAPL because Jonathan Garcia is powerlifting America, but your bench presses, I mean, you're really, he's got a big bench press too. Uh, Jonathan Garcia. Um, you did now, did you chip that American record?
1: No, I just took it
0: 82 and a half, cause I, I, th- I believe
1: it was one set. It was 178. Okay. And I went 182.5.
0: Yeah. I'm starting to mix up Jonathan Garcia's numbers in powerlifting America and this cause I think, yeah. Cause I think 400 pound bencher, uh, which, I mean, is amazing at 67.5 kilos. Not too many people are going to do that. You hit that number, and you do have a good deadlift on you. So it just came down to real hit hit lifts. And Dan Clements, when he missed that second attempt, I kind of, yeah, it's more appropriate probably to have coaches on than the athlete because this is the same thing that happens to me when someone's like, What were mm-hmm. you feeling once, like, when Gruden missed his last deadlift or when the the call got overturned for Gruden, I'm like, I had no fucking idea. There was a challenge for Gruden. <laughs> I thought he missed it outright. Yeah. I'm like, when I saw on lifting cast, I saw the red thing or the green hit. I'm like, I thought he hit it and I didn't know his total. So I just thought that my deadlift was going to be better than Gruden. Or my, it was just mm-hmm. going to push me ahead of total on Gruden. I didn't know if he hit that deadlift, he would have had like an 827 total or something. I had no idea. And then same thing with Nori. I mean, I did see Nori's lifts because he was before me, but yeah, like you really don't see the hit lifts throughout the day. Um, but you did describe that the feeling, that third deadlift there for Dan Clements getting you the win. Um, and it was a well deserved win. I mean, you were the better lifter on that day. And right now, as it stands, like you are definitely within the realm of being what Dan Clements is in the USAPL, one of the best professional lifters in the Fed. But I want to ask you this because it's a question that kind of circles around. Do you consider yourself the best lifter in the world within the 66 to 67 half kilo weight class?
1: I do, 100%. Um, In my mind, Daniel Clemens was the best Mm -hmm. in the world, not not in the States, in the world, uh, as it stood. I know, you know, IPF is a little different. And I know you have to, you know, travel and all that, but I still feel Daniel Clemens was the best lifter. So that was one of the main reasons why I stood in the USAPL. Uh, I wanted to go through Daniel Clemens. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I would have, say, hypothetically, I would have gone to Worlds, not saying that I would have won, but let's say I would have won Worlds. In my mind, I wouldn't have felt like I was the world champ because in my mind, I would have felt like I was going around Daniel Clemens. Yeah. You know, and that just doesn't fly. So I said, you know, I got to go to USAPL, beat the best, Daniel Clemens, because the best is not the strongest. It's who executes, right? Yeah. So since I beat the best in my mind, I feel like I am the best in my weight class at the moment until I'm beaten again. Yeah. So every, everybody else wants to talk like, oh, but total, he, he's stronger. Let them talk. I beat the guy until I get beat. I'm the best yeah well um, you, have,
0: you have the total too to back it up as far as like the rest of the six actually six, that's six, one thing I'm, I'm very
1: uh upset about if i would have not dropped my deadlift i would have beat daniel kem clement's best total which was 722 mm-hmm. yeah uh that would have put me at 727.5 so although i won i'm still a little salty about my performance i feel like i could have done better and really put a stamp on it but It is what it is, you know, I'm not going to play the could have, should have game, but uh, I believe Daniel had 722, although it wasn't counted. I think it was at 75 because it was still last year at the Virginia Pro.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if I would have got it for sure. But as of right now, I believe he does. It's just not counted. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, it's it's counted 722. So I don't I don't see it that way.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, and your that weight range is became is became a really interesting one in powerlifting. Where I think a while ago people looked at sixty six kilos and 67.5 kilos, and being like, all right, like there's a few good lifters here and there, but most most of the attention gets on the heavier the heavier weight classes. When you just like that's like kind of the cutoff is seventy five below. There's not a whole lot of attention on it. Now there's a ton of attention on it. You have a real stacked class internationally. Is there any desire for you to go in the IPF and compete at worlds compete against Joe Jordan, Jonathan Garcia, Eddie Berglund, Panjutis um or is the main competition still going to be in the states as long as Dan Clements is still there?
1: Um I've, I I'm not sure yet. Um I would honestly I would like to go compete cuz I see Dan Clements every year, you know, lucky. I feel as like a blessed is an opportunity to see have Dan Clemens, Jonathan Garcia, Rodrigo Mendoza. although he's been injured, you know, it was always a stacked class and a mm-hmm. good battle. But I also see what's happening internationally. And I see guys like um, Eddie Berglin who just won, you know, shout out to him. Did great. Uh, Panna, he's been doing great. He has a lot of hype. Um, and then uh, I actually just came across Joe Jordan. I didn't know who he was till recently. So I started listening to the uh,
0: mm-hmm
1: to your podcast and uh i saw the ipf live stream um so he's actually also another guy who likes to compete against because it's uh, competition it's very intriguing so mm-hmm. maybe that would be the only reason i would try to go international just to f- compete against those guys um but again i feel like the best even let's say joe jordan went to usapl in my mind the best would be here in the states mm-hmm. so we're kind of spoiled at least in this weight class i understand Understand a different weight class it might be different but i think in our weight class the strongest are here
0: yeah and i mean and also if you look at that weight class again charlie yang just in the usa pl right now like he had a, himself one hell of a performance that i think has gotten yeah. himself in position again to be a great lifter in his weight class um and then McKay Yee yeah. and uh brian Lai, uh those yeah. guys are those guys are terrific lifters i know brian's battling a lot of injuries right now but, I mean, we saw him at the Arnold really push to, to actually win the um, the pro card for that day for best overall lifter. And he was right. He was close to doing it, too. So 66 kilos, 67 half kilos is becoming a real great weight class. Um, and, you know, I mean, circling back just to for the whole switch between USAPL lifters going to IPF, I think it was that weight class that we looked at. And we kind of, I'm not, the hot take that was sent to me, which I agree, I post on two white lights, Bonnie Utis is only world champion because Dan Clemens didn't compete at Worlds. I agreed with that. I thought Dan Clemens was the hands-down best lifter in the world in that weight class. And and I think when you saw the shift, like, ah, oh, like, I, I think people know what Dan Clemens is, and it was kind of an avoidance of him. But you stayed. And me and Steve, I think me and Steve saw that and were like, yeah, if, if anyone's, I think has a higher ceiling, it's it's Morgan. As far as just you know staying within that weight class, and I I think, I think you made the right decision there because, like you said, with all the with all the you know certain weight classes, like in my weight class, Russ is the best. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who wins world. If if you don't win worlds and total eight thirty eight, you're not the best in the world. Like, you're going to have to total 838 and above to beat that world record that Russ has in order for you to be the best. I think it's equivalent to 66 kilos for men. Like, Dan Clemens right now is, what he's been doing, is the best lifter, and it was by a landslide. But now you have you in there who's actually getting in that category. So, right now, I'm, like, looking in that weight range. It's a little bit of a, it's the only, the only thing is that kilo and a half difference between 66 kilos and sixty and a half kilos then it's like i don't know because i know when people get spot one kilo it's huge so when you go kilo and a half it's like
1: for the weight
0: yeah for the weight for the weight difference do you think it holds a little bit more water being a 66 kilo lifter as opposed to 67 and a half, as far as numbers go
1: i guess it depends how heavy you walk around i'm a fairly light i walk around pretty light like 152 mm-hmm. so to me 66 67 isn't big of a deal it's a gut cut like i don't even have to drop water or anything it's just (laughs) poop a little bit more Mm -hmm. that's it you know um so i don't see the difference maybe for someone that's a little bit heavier uh, i know there's guys that push 155 plus that might become an issue um actually i think maybe that's an issue for jordan actually because i believe someone told me that he walks around pretty heavy yeah that's a big so maybe that's what affected him My worlds plus the travel um So maybe he would be better competing in USAPL. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. I don't think Joe Jordan
0: will ever come to the USAPL. If I'm (laughs) going to speak on the behalf of him, just on conversations, I think that might be the toughest sale of all the lifters right now is Joe Jordan. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't even compete in the the US affiliate. He competes the USVI. So it's like removing himself from all the drama that's going on in America, as far as powerlifting goes, like I'm just going to go to an entirely different country.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And actually that's a good point. So, Going back to what you said earlier, I don't know if necessarily Jonathan and Rodrigo were trying to avoid Dan Clemens. Maybe they had the same mindset. I'm assuming if Joe Jordan is staying in the IPF is because he wants to be IPF world champ. Yeah. Like that's his aspiration. So maybe those guys, it was the same thing. Like their main goal is to go be world champion. And regardless of what somebody else does, you can't dictate your entire career based off one person. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. I mean, I I do you know, think like maybe that, they
1: just really want to well, be world champs. Well,
0: Rodrigo, I'm actually gonna. Rodrigo definitely wanted to get back to Worlds because he got fucking robbed of going to Worlds. He got oh, yeah, co- he, got COVID. COVID. Yeah, he yeah, got COVID. Yeah, he got COVID. So, yeah, yeah. or not not literally. He didn't get COVID. He got COVID did. Where COVID <laughs> yeah, ruined yeah, everyone's yeah. life, including Rodrigo. Worlds got canceled. Yeah. So yeah, Worlds got canceled. Rodrigo couldn't lift, and he was the world, the national champion um, in the USAPL. So it, it made sense for me. I just had that feeling like it, it was clear that Dan Clements was kind of overall the best. Jonathan Garcia probably wanted to be that world champion as well, but I don't know. I think it would be just a little bit of a different tune. if Dan Like if Dan Clements, I don't know. You know what? I, maybe you, 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 kind of turned me there because if Dan Clements switches over. I don't think Rodrigo or Jonathan Garcia stay.
1: Yeah, let's say Dan Clemens, for some reason, went to WRPF. I'm not going to WRPF. You know, yeah. I'm staying, you'll say, pale I'm yeah. not going to follow the guy over there. So, yeah, maybe they just had different aspirations or goals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I know the uh, the world championship to Jonathan Garcia was a huge, which is huge. Gio and Rodrigo, I think, really just wanted to get back. Of course, you want to win Worlds, but just get into position to win Worlds. Yeah, he did get the, a shit end of the stick there because um, I, I think, I mean, I I do have a short term memory, like 2019 feels like ages ago and Rodrigo not being able to get like that world spot has to, has to be a difficult thing to deal with.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: And that's what, and that was what everyone's competing for in the year, um, in Daytona was a world spot. I mean, it was granted to be the best in America, but if you're the best in America in that weight class, there's a very good chance you can also be the best in the world.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: Yeah. An exciting weight class. Really excited to see the developments. Almost as exciting as Left Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to bros.com and use promo code 2WL15 to get yourself the best merchandise in powerlifting. They make you look good from head to toe. I guarantee it. Dad hats, tank tops, t shirts. They got t shirts galore. Joggers, shorts, socks. They make you look good in the gym, out the gym, on the platform, off the platform. They got the best comp tees in the game. Use that promo code 2WL15. Follow them on Instagram. As well, watch all the work that's being done. All the athletes in left Lar bros apparel, all the sponsored athletes. And also you get to see the new drops immediately as they come out and they continuously come out with new dope looking designs. Make sure you're following them left lower bros apparel on Instagram and use that promo code two WL 15. All right. So I am on your open powerlifting right now. You had a relatively short career in powerlifting uh, compared to all, a lot of other people, you started at the age of twenty-seven. You're currently thirty-two years old. That might be an estimate, as far as because it's never exact on open powerlifting. At what point? Jesus Christ! Actually, looking through this, okay. So your first competition was that a push pull meet, or did you? Did... No, I
1: was actually I was actually injured, and I had a lot of people that told me they were going to go watch me compete. So I had a messed up hamstring. So I was like, you know what, yellow. Let's go to the meet compete and then I ended up uh hurting my hamstring again on squats okay. so I just squat and oh, bench yeah. oh, skipped, okay that's what I see scratch deadlift
0: yeah you scratch your deadlift so it was squat and bench um but then after that your career has been stellar it's not too many times you can say your second meet you're over 500 dots and it's only been continuous progress since into something really nutty which is a 554 dots so at one why the late start in powerlifting
1: so we actually have something in common our first coach
0: oh really (laughs) we share the same (laughs) coach who would have thought i did not know that yes
1: yeah so i was actually running ph3 back in the day because you know it wasn't that popular back then or at least it was i mean at least in my mind it wasn't i thought powerlifters were big big dudes like you know Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm a small dude i'm not gonna be no no powerlifting uh but then when i saw Lane norton uh competing at that time he was pretty competitive back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I started running his Ph three program and then um I actually went to like a small group seminar with him at Barbell Brigade and uh so I wanted him to just look at my lifts. I had no intentions of competing in powerlifting whatsoever. I just wanted to get critique on my lifts. Uh so I went and I remember him after the the seminar we went to go grab some Wobble Grill with the other guys in Lane Norton and he was like, "Hey, man, why don't you think about competing in powerlifting?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know." He's like, "Just looking at your numbers from today, I think you'd possibly be like top ten in the nation." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, give it a try." So as soon as you know, like Norden says, compete. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> look into this thing." <laughs> and I looked for a competition and started powerlifting. Little did I know, I was pretty good, pretty strong, and yeah. And then the rest is history. You just started competing, getting better.
0: Yeah, that's actually- and then I
1: actually remember um, after that first comp where I had to scratch deads, I was looking at the Arnold that year and I think I don't know if it was the Arnold or Nationals maybe it was like 2017 Nationals I remember the time it was Keith Mahoney who was the top dog mm-hmm. in the 66 I think Jonathan Garcia was competing as well and I remember looking at their numbers and I was like, I think I could compete against these guys and then just kind of made it a thing we just try to get better and hopefully reach that mm-hmm. kind of level.
0: Yeah, I would say actually you have a greater claim to being Lane Norton's actual client as opposed to me where I was just running <laughs> PH3 non-stop and then he just got wind of it through various memes and people DMing him for like for about 3 to 4 months on end. Um he actually told you to compete which I don't know. That sounds like a coach-client relationship to me. So, Lane, if you're listening... That
1: was the last time I had a relationship (laughs) with him, so (laughs) I haven't talked to him since. Well,
0: granted, that's kind of the same deal with Lane, Norton, and I. I met him at the Arnold and told him that I was running PH3, and that was about it. And then I met him again at Nationals after various memes were made. So that was, you know, very hands-off coaching, client Mm -hmm. relationship that Lane uh, had with us. But
1: That was a... The low tier programming package.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, it was free and technically <laughs> until they, they put a paywall over to pH three. And then I was like, I, I ran it so many times that I was like, yeah, I think I remember this program. So I don't really need to go back on bodybuilding.com and, uh, get the, the actual programming that's behind a paywall. So yeah, lowest tier, right? I mean, we were, he wasn't charging at all
1: yeah it, it was honestly in the beginning when if you're a beginner it was pretty pretty good until you actually got strong and your body started getting wrecked you're like yeah this isn't well working anymore.
0: i i remember doing the, like me and my friend did it at a commercial gym and we saw really good results from it but the thing was was we had like six years of just lifting experience be like just on our belts like we had it like we we both went to high school with a, with a school that took lifting very seriously. So we started seeing progress. Like, yeah, this program's awesome. We were Lane Norton fans. Other people at the gym started doing it, like our friends who had, like, one year of lifting behind them, and they just started dying. Like, they just started really? – their bodies started, like, just breaking apart. They're like, yeah, I went through one block. I can't back squat anymore, so I'm just going to do it again. Just I'm going to substitute back squat with front squat And then that ended up worse because if you're trying to improve your one rep max on front squat, you're just asking for more injuries. And then it just like slow. And then everyone, then as I got into powerlifting more, people were like, yeah, PH3 almost ended my life just based on the volume. (laughs) And then, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was realization. Like once I got strong, like a 500 dots, once I got strong, I was like, this is hard. I don't know if I could continue to AMRAP every single week with like 6.50 on deadlift. It's going to be really difficult to keep that up. So, I, I'm, I'm still a little ignorant to your history as far as like when you decided to start working with a coach. When did you start working uh, with Alfred?
1: So, yeah, after – so, my for my first competitions, I was actually self-coached. I programmed myself. Mm-hmm. I, I – Pretty sure like most people once you kind of find out about Parlo thing, you go into the rabbit hole you start trying to learn everything so i started learning everything about programming and stuff like that I kind of went through started learning from people like mike Zordo's because i knew lane norton was being coached by him at the time things like that I went through uh, chad wesley smith juggernaut and all those a bunch of different sources so i just started getting coached self-coached was able to go to 2018 Uh, nationals, self-coached, didn't do so well because it was my first time and I was injured as well. Mm -hmm. I was still battling some injuries from that first comp. And being a knucklehead, I didn't give myself time to recover. I was like, ah, let's go, let's go. Like I was just all in looking at the competition. And then I believe I took a year off and just said, you know what, I'm already qualified for next Nats. Let's focus on getting healthy and compete at 2019. So self-coached myself to that to that competition as well, 2019 Nats. Um, but after that competition, I started realizing that I wasn't going to be able to reach that next level if I didn't have help. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I remember when I was in at my first Nats, I looked around and these lifters have big-time coaches that had their little posses, you know, and I was like, man, and it was just me with my best, one of my best friends at 2018 Nats chilling. I was like, all right, I'm probably going to need some – some more help so maybe like two weeks out from 2019 nationals i i looked up uh, tsg the Mm -hmm. strength guys and emailed them about coaching so but with the intention of them getting me ready for the arnold in 2020 because i already was looking forward past nationals because 2019 i was still battling that whole injury thing so if you see like in my open powerlifting you can see like i believe my best squad was uh 2018 states and then i just kind of got injured so i never bounced back till maybe last year Mm -hmm. um so hired the strength guys with the mindset of i need them to get me ready for the arnold because i don't want to go to the arnold by myself and then I met Alfred at 2019 Nationals because they actually offered to handle me since I was going to be in primetime anyway. And obviously, they have Taylor Atwood mm-hmm. handling. It was Jason and Alfred. So I met Alfred in the back at Nationals 2019. And we kind of just hit it off. Good chemistry, kind of thought alike, same kind of demeanor. So he got assigned as my coach because you don't pick your coach yeah with i mean at least back then i didn't pick they just assigned a coach so they um assigned john downing and alfred jong as my coaches cuz they used to do like a dual coaching thing back then um so that's how i first met alfred at 2019 nationals in the back we kind of hit it off and then he kind of just <laughs> got lucky now he's my coach <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a joke yeah so, well... so now he's been coaching me since 2019 <laughs> and yeah,
0: Yeah, and you guys have been doing great work. And it, uh, it's kind of weird, I'm not going to lie. We have, like, the same history as a power lifter. Like, actually looking at everything, it's like the same thing almost. I didn't get into nationals until 2019, but it was kind of <laughs> self coach, doing PH3, going to a nationals meet, being like, okay, you're good, look around every single person's got a coach every person has got someone helping them everyone's getting their programming from someone else and then you kind of start realizing like maybe they can fix things that i don't even see in my training and that was 2019 raw nationals for me and it was uh, joe offered to handle me kind of in, I was you know in the regular section though. So he you, knew. Yeah, so but you, well you had a better experience cuz you were in prime ten and got third just by programming yourself. I was fucking like 14th. So that's a, a little that, that's the
1: difference. Is that there when you was, got memed?
0: Oh yeah. That was when I got memed pretty hard. <laughs> got memed pretty hard that day and um Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you're like kind of the better version of it because you were um yeah, you you were still very competitive that year. Um, at nationals, but yeah, then it was, it was, uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing Joe. He talked to me, listened to two white lights. He saw the deadlift. It was a weird deadlift because I did it in squat shoes. And then we kind of created that relationship afterwards. I'm like, okay, Arnold is the next meet. So I'm like, I need Joe for the Arnold. That's where we're going to have our big goals. We both competed at that meet. Both did really well. Both did nine for nine. Both put a lot on our total st- total and dot score and I would say both of our nationals in 2021 was kind of a breakout if you will um in in a sense um the only difference is you won this year's nationals and I got second so hopefully I'm just a year behind you on everything
1: yeah sure, man better watch out <laughs>
0: that'd be great that will be great yeah that will be great if I'm just a year behind you on everything and I get first next year that'd be great and you continue to get first whatever but like yeah it's it's um it's kind of bizarre, I'm not going to lie. That is a very weird similarity that we just share. And also, like, when I worked with Joe, he was under TSA. Now he has his own mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> and Alfred yeah, was remember. with TSG, and now he has his, his own thing. So, kind of weird. I don't know. That is that is a very strange timeline.
1: I don't know, man. You might be uh, Joe's next prodigy. We'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, if, Well, if I'm being honest, I'm already going to consider myself his prodigy. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to of course, he's got Perkins under him, which probably takes the cake as far as his best lifters, but I'm just going to say now he's being coached by him, huh? Yeah. But I'm just going to still say that I'm his best lifter. I don't give a fuck what Perk could total eight fifty. I don't care. I'm just going to keep on saying I'm Joe's best client (laughs) no matter what, no matter what happens. Perk can out total me at which he has for a long time, actually at 74 kilos, as opposed to 83. he? He did. He totaled 800. Crazy. Yeah, I remember when he totaled 800, I totaled 777. So, oh, it, wow. Yeah, it was like, oh, shit, these are numbers that 83s want to hit, and Perk hit it like a year before us. And, I mean, still now, he's totaling like 785, 790. That's still a good total for 83s. And, yeah, now I finally out-totaled Perk. But I don't know how long that's going to last. But I'm still going to say I'm his best client, just no matter what. But yeah, All right, and, and, and we're speaking of just uh, your past performances. Last year at Nationals, we considered you one of the best breakout performers. Um, people were kind of considering this a breakout performance. I disagree with it. I think you were quite established last year. But the big thing is the upset. We were kind of going back and forth, me and Steve, as far as, like, upset of the year. Because you were 100% right. No one picked you to win. Me, Solana, Steve, I didn't really listen to the King of the List podcast. I'm assuming they picked Dan Clemens, um, or I did try to listen. I'm assuming they uh, picked Dan Clemens to win. We gave Dan Clemens best lightweight lifter. We gave him everything. I'm like, he might actually be one of the best pro lifters. He's still that person, but you were the best lifter. I consider it the biggest upset of the year because I don't think anyone is expecting you to win. Do you consider it an upset?
1: I don't consider it an upset, but from your perspective, I understand why you would consider it an upset.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't really post much, right? So you guys didn't really know what I was capable of. So maybe you you thought I was gonna. Well, actually, not maybe. You guys thought it was gonna be a landslide. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Yep. But I already knew what I was capable of, mm-hmm. and I knew what Daniel was cl- capable of. At least i thought i knew because based on his you know performances i kind of knew where he would probably land so in my mind i thought okay we both show up it's going to come down to the to the last lift um say we win nine for nine i still thought i possibly had a chance to beat him so i did not think it was a, a huge upset at all um just because i personally knew what i'm capable of but i understand why other people don't mm-hmm. but i can't blame you guys you know you guys are historic or n- notoriously known for bad journalism so yeah. <laughs> it's all good you know
0: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's all We, good. i mean yeah we we uh we get we were wrong on that like weight range probably the most out of anything that we did we were so off on ipf worlds me in particular because i of course have like the loudest of the mouths on there and i say things that are pretty like like yeah definitive this is what i think and the exact opposite happened for both like we all had you in second place but we're like, yeah, we can't really see a total from anyone else that's going to be Dan Clements. But it is an interesting conversation to have, though, right? For a lifter, no, they don't yeah, think it's I an think... upset at all. Like, for a lifter who's training, they don't think this is an upset. They, they're training. They, if they say it's an yeah. upset, like, it might be a little bit false or it might be uh, disingenuous because, like, no, I went there to win nationals and I won nationals. So, in my mind, it's not that big of an upset.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I'm not sure, I remember I listened to one of your podcasts, someone sent me a link, someone, like, I try to avoid listening to podcasts mm-hmm. when I'm, like, in in training because I don't want it to affect my training, Uh, and someone sent me a link, and I think someone said, oh, yeah, um, Daniel Clems is probably capable of, I forgot how much, but then they said, oh, the only thing uh, he will need is 705, like, total, okay. <laughs> something like that, I believe someone said it. I kind of just laughed. I'm like, oh my god, they have no idea what's coming. <laughs> I'm blaming <The> nationals. <laughs> I'm blaming
0: Steve. I'm blaming Steve on this one. Probably.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not just gonna sure, blame but I, Steve. I thought it was yeah. hilarious.
0: I mean, granted, I probably said it too, but I'm gonna blame Steve, just he's not here right now. So I'm just gonna, yeah, that was uh, any any uh, issues with predictions and totals numbers. That's Steve. So yeah, that's on him. That's bad journalism. Bad journalism on his end, but. Yeah, I mean, we were wrong on that one. I don't know. I guess when it comes to award season, we're probably going to still put you up there as far as biggest upsets of the year. Um, I mean, we can't give you best breakout lifter of the year because I think we already kind of gave you that title the year before. But it is interesting to hear a lifter who's a part of it. And yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised you don't think it's an upset because I I mean, if anyone knows you, it's you, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I
1: went in there super confident. Like I. I was pretty calm, confident the entire time. I knew it was a possibility. Mm -hmm. It's just gonna become down to execution, which is, what, you need at comps. So. Mm -hmm. Strength wise, I knew I had the ability to win. It was just gonna come down to execution. So, luckily, things played out in my favor.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, going forward, I'm being extremely confident just uh, with what you can do. Um, Just as confident as I am in Obsidian Ammonia Smelling Salt, getting me through workouts and helping me hit PRs. Ladies and gentlemen, go to Hypedust.com and get yourself some smelling salt. Steve's not here to do a tester, but I can tell you right now that that is the best smelling salt in the sport right now. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Go to Hypedust.com. And they got merchandise. They got a whole lot of other stuff out of Obsidian. And also, when you're going through the smelling salts, they got different strengths. So play around with them. Some are a little bit mellow. Some will knock you right off your ass. Some will burn some hairs off your nose. They got the nose bleach. That's why they call it nose bleach. They aren't joking when they say nose bleach. It's not for, it's, it's, it's not a hyperbole. It's something that actually happens. Your nose tingles and you possibly lose some nose hair. Make sure you see the strength, but it all works. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. All right. And I want to also get into this too. You now find yourself in position with your DOT scores in the USAPL Pro Series. Now, I know you're not as active on the Pro Series because that would be your first pro meet. And you need, Mm -hmm. like, three, usually three, two. you, You get your best two, but usually you get three to play with. Um... Is that a goal for you going forward? Because the way Dan was progressing, we're like, shit, he continues to progress. I could see him beating guys like Petrie, Bob, and Ash. I don't know about all of them because that's such a hard thing to do is these guys are – dot scores are getting to be ridiculous. But it's a competition. Miss some lifts. You can get yourself in the top three. Is that something you ever thought about?
1: Um. Regarding the Pro Series, not really. Um, just because that weird dynamic where you have to do, like, certain competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been cool to compete at the Grand Prix. But, I, again, I would have to had done another competition. Mm-hmm. But I don't have necessarily goals for the Pro Series themselves. I do have personal goals of what I want to hit, like, as far as dots. Because... Mm-hmm. Um at least the competitive side of one-on-one competition, for me, it's usually just once a year, right? it's when I go to Nats and face off the best lifters. Besides that, I need something else to kind of fuel my training and have like little personal goals I would like to hit. I actually want to be able to hit 600 dots. So I think I can do it. I don't know where that will land. I know nobody's... Oh, yeah, I think that'll win you.
0: Yeah, that'll win you the pro series for sure. Yeah, and I'm or not like saying any going to happen. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I'm not saying that's going to happen in a year or anything. But that's a goal I want to yeah. I want to do. I, be able to say, "Oh yeah, I have a 600 dots." Yeah. So That'll be pretty cool.
0: That'll be yeah, that'd be fucking sweet. <laughs> I agree with you so, that I think every I think everyone <laughs> but, in the sport on the tested side of powerlifting who's not named yeah. Taylor Atwood would like to t- I don't even know if Taylor Atwood is a 600 dots. He's like a f- I think he
1: probably does. I got to check. Is Taylor Atwood. Uh, yeah, probably, I got well, to
0: I got to look <laughs> only cuz it's a weird – certain people focus on it. It's all, like – like, I don't know. Maybe if you were in the position, you would focus on it more. There's just, like, people who have a really competitive weight class just don't care about it as much. It's, yeah. Because I'm talking to yeah, you. Yeah, I really
1: don't care about it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm talking to you. You talk more about Dan and all the other competition in your weight class more than, you know, the the best overall lifter goes. And then, But if I talk to Petrie – it's I'm going against Bob and Ash and they're not in my weight class. And the same thing. I talked to Ash. It's like, I, I talked to Ash at, you know, after a competition, he's like, you know, I can't do that again. Like Bob is for real. Like Bob, Bob's going to, Bob's going to kick my ass. If I, you know, they have more comps like this. And they're thinking of that, not necessarily their weight class. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I was like in their position, maybe that's how I would sort of thinking about it more, but there's so many of us who just don't Care about the badasses or the formula game as much?
1: Yes, probably because, like you said, they're probably like on a different level. I'm not sure if there's anybody close to them in that uh, their weight classes. So maybe they need something to fuel them competitively, and that's that's where the dot store dot score comes in. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm pretty sure maybe if they had a competition, uh, they'd probably focus on them too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I. I don't know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, because I think they're in the weight classes right now that, I mean, Ash, Ash David Wilson's kind of creeping up there just a yeah, little David bit. Yeah, David Wilson. Um. But yeah, when you look at Bob, I mean, you got John Hill, but Bob, you know, securely securely has it. They're, they were all just focused on best overall lifting. I mean, I know Brandon had the goal, just, you know, I got to win my weight class first, then we get, get to focus on all the formula stuff. Um, but, yeah, when you're winning the weight class in a relative landslide, that's when you start thinking. But, hey, you never know. That's what we're saying about Dan Clemens. And then another strong competitor goes in and has a better meet and beats him. And, you know, right now it's like Morgan and Dan are the two, in my opinion, the two best lifters in the world within this weight range. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess the Thank focus. Thank you, man.
1: Give me some credit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Finally, right?
1: Finally. <laughs> oh, wait, didn't I fuck up yeah. last
0: year too? Did, I think I might have Jonathan Garcia second last year. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, you you would remember, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, you yeah, i absolutely remember. You said that, and uh, that a dynasty was being formed. I crushed that real quick. So. Yeah.
0: Yes, you did. Yeah. No dynasty. No dynasty. You gotta have at least. Th- you gotta have three to have a dynasty. I mean, it's
1: still possible, right? You need. It doesn't have to be back to back, but.
0: You yeah. Know. Uh, I I well, I think now. I mean, it's actually better that you did that because now we get to talk about the thing that's better. Than talking about someone dominating weight class. And that's a head to head battle for a weight class. Like just on just a little inside baseball for everyone listening to two white lights. That's our preference. We don't really like talking about guys who just dominate weight classes. I mean, we enjoy watching them. It's hard to talk about things. I can't wait. We can now do the rematch of Dan Clements and Morgan. That's cooler. We get to make a graphic for it. We get to get the baits going. We get to get people in on it. That's fun. But putting a single graphic of John Hack, it's like, how much candy total? <laughs> <laughs> it's just not as fun, man. Like, it's yeah, it's it sucks. It's only position. Yeah, that's, what's,
1: that's what makes sports interesting. You know, competition, battles, head-to-head.
0: Yeah, for sure. Also, lifter ratings. That makes sports interesting as well. I mean, Madden, NFL football, 2K, they're billion-dollar games for a reason. You got notable athletes with their overalls, so that's what we do on Two White Lights. Morgan, your lifter rating on squat, bench, deadlift, 1 to 99. And then we're going to come up with an overall based on your uh, rating on squat, bench, and deadlift. So, let's start with squat. What do you give yourself, 1 to 99?
1: Oh, let's see. Probably like a 92, 93.
0: I I would be in the mid-90s for you because as far as, like, the American record goes and world record, you're, like, right there in the top five. And I just easily default to 95. Granted, you're, like, technically speaking, would be a 99. (laughs) Or, like, a 98 or, or 97, 98 or whatever, how we do it on that. But you want to go 90 what'd you say 93 94 or 92 93
1: uh let's go because i'm thinking because right now jonathan i think is the biggest squat yeah probably
0: 94 94 i'd 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 yeah i'm I'm 93. comfortable nah, let's do 93 93 okay
1: yeah it's too high 94 too high <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I. don't know. I'm actually going through. I'm going through the numbers right now. Okay. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I. I would go. I would go in the mid 90s higher 90s for you. But this is kind of what happens. Most lifters who come on the show very seldom over. Yeah, I listened to the, the last podcast
1: themselves. with with Gabby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, she's being a little too hard on herself. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. She didn't I don't think she wanted to give herself a ninety on anything. I had to think. I had to force her to get a ninety yeah. on something. But that's what happens. But all right. Did you, did, did you come to a conclusion ninety four or ninety three?
1: Yeah, let's do nine. Let's do ninety four then. Okay, I'll meet you halfway.
0: All right. What well, about the bench then?
1: Ninety five.
0: Ninety five. On bench two, I, as it stands, though, I think you have the best.
1: Uh, If you talk Eddie Berglund from IPF, he has a humongous, like, 200 kg back. Yeah,
0: he has a 202. Oh, yeah. Fucking Eddie, man. That's a good point. I would still probably, that would make you second, though, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, I would go, like, yeah. If you go 95, I'll go, because I'm going to start splitting hairs and say 96 and 97. So, if you want to go 95. I'll
1: meet you 96 then.
0: All right. Yeah, because, I mean, it's – so he's an outlier bench. You and Jonathan Garcia are really, like, are close to each other on that. His bench press is, like, he's kind of the –
1: Yeah, because Eddie has a crazy arch. I have – my arch is not that impressive. I'm just strong.
0: Yeah, very good point. (laughs) I would say just watching your bench press, it doesn't – I'm not going to say it doesn't make any sense to me. It's just like, holy shit, like, that's the strength – strong people do, huh? Just lift that kind of weight.
1: I was big text, man. Yeah, yeah, big clearly. And
0: yeah, man. You do you have a bodybuilding background? How long have you been lifting weights? No, but, weights but I for? was.
1: I've been lifting weights since I was playing football in high school.
0: All right, that makes sense then, because like yeah. just your your dots when you start off your career, then that big bench. It's like you got to have some sort. Of, I mean, you could clearly see you're shredded beyond belief. Like if you go on, if you go on, you know, his Instagram page. Very well put together, six seven half kilo lifter. I mean, lots of muscle on that frame, but appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, but pre- uh,
1: actually, I appreciate the the comments on the live stream.
0: What did I? I forgot what I said. Call me Jacked on there. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny? Every time I say that, people get more happy when I call them Jacked as opposed to anything else about their powerlifting. I get about their squat technique, their bench, anything. If I compliment their looks, they're like, hey, man, thanks. Every single time.
1: I mean, let's be real. Like most guys, when we start training, it's for the aesthetics to look mm-hmm. better. <laughs> so when you, when another guy compliments you, you know, it must be true. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I, and, yeah. You're, I mean, I think like, and I mean the 67 kilo, like weight range and 66, they have like some of the best, most aesthetic lifters. Cause yeah, I mean, you really look jacked. at it. Yeah. Cause Dan is Jack is the Jack dude. He's, you mm-hmm. know, kind of, you know, he's well put together joe jordan is a fucking mutant he is yeah. so damn muscular it's amazing um yeah, it's
1: just i thought i had amazing vascularity and then i saw his uh post and i was like, oh man this has, guy's on a different level yeah he
0: has striations <laughs> all over the place too on his when he yeah. yeah and also joe if you're listening squat start squatting more without knee sleeves just, <laughs> Just for my personal enjoyment, it looks fantastic. It's a weird demand if this other. If I was doing saying this to a woman, I'd probably be canceled right there. But you're you're not, so I'm gonna say it. Joe. start squatting without knee sleeves and tag me in your stories, and I'll just watch it because <laughs> it's 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 just aesthetically pleasing, and you're incredibly jacked. And uh, Boni is another guy. Pana Pana's pretty well put together, and he doesn't do accessories at least i don't think or when he does do accessories it's a crazy dumbbell shit um yeah, next. what no comment <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know man <laughs> all right well i saw your body language there i don't know i'm gonna go on this page maybe i'm missing something here but yeah i think he's relatively put together but i am i mean i can't be i'm starting to be too nice maybe i gotta start being a little bit harsher of a critic on
1: physique's I just feel like the top guys are going to be jacked. Yeah. Top lifters, period. Not just guys, top lifters. Yeah, for sure. You're just jacked.
0: That's guys. what I tell people when they talk about powerlifting. It's like, if you are good at powerlifting, you are going to be jacked. Look at every single top lifter in every weight class, male or female. They are impressive. As far as physiques go, you just kind of have mm-hmm. to be when you get into heavier weights. Well, even I always, I'm like, Hey, Zeus is he's, I don't, I have a hard time calling Jesus fat. Some people want to like say big dude. that motherfucker ain't fat. <laughs> he is jacked beyond belief. It's like when he takes off a shirt. I'm like, God damn! How do you, how do you be that? How are you that big and have muscle definition? Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, and like, and I would say the same. Like uh, Mikey D, 105s. He's incredibly jacked. 120s. Dennis Cornelius. He's, you know, like. You know he's got, of course, fat on his body, but you see him in those forearms walking through a place You're like that dude has a lot of muscle on him. But um, yeah. we're off topic. Deadlift <laughs> one to ninety nine. What do you got yourself on deadlift? I'm gonna say
1: probably ninety.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna search a deadlift right now because I'm curious, mainly because I called your uh, because I called you a uh, a subtotal guy. By deadlift. Let's see. Yeah, I mean you're definitely with well within that top ten. Um, at least with sixty-six kilos and sixty-seven and a half, uh you are well actually sixty seven and a half uh kind of starts to falter out. Yeah, I would go I would go ninety for your deadlift, yeah. which Brings you at what? Let's see. Let's get the calculator out. We went 94 on your squat, 96 on your bench, and 90. i do that again. 94 plus 96 plus 90 gives you a 93 overall. Are you satisfied with that?
1: No, of course not.
0: <laughs> in what way? Do you want it to be higher in the uh, grand scheme of your – or do you do you find 93 to be a good rating?
1: It's a good rating, mm-hmm. but it's good. Okay. <laughs> I want it to be a great rating. Like, I think 95 plus is every, good.
0: Every time I talk to someone about this, I just start nerding out because if you played, like, Madden – and you had like a you had a player 93 rating. It's like holy shit, that player is amazing. Like yeah. like a 93 rating is like, dude, you get like and like, it's almost it's it it could get to a point. Where it's like ah shit, like a 93 rated player. It's kind of cheating to play against. Yeah, that but person. it just gives
1: you some feel to get better mm-hmm. certain parts of your yeah. game. Yeah. So my goal is to definitely boost that deadlift a little bit more over 300 that way you can't call me a subtotal lifter anymore <laughs> and then uh <laughs> you know like you said i won't have to rely on the subtotal which yeah. i don't think i was by the way but you know i, I definitely need well, to work on that deadlift a little bit well
0: more. i mean the subtotal got you to win technically speaking right
1: yeah i mean i mean every, you put- every subtotal gets you to win
0: yeah this um I mean, not fucking Ina. You know, said <laughs> had the worst subtotal oh, ever that's, with that's almost right. winning. Okay,
1: we're we're not talking outliers. Uh, here. That
0: um, <laughs> I mean, I I got second. I mean, I guess yeah, yeah. In this
1: case, yeah, because Dan so, is definitely an outlier well, in this weight class.
0: This is this is kind of like the point, uh, or this is the the, the the stylistic matchup you get with um, with people with a good subtotal and people with outlier deadlifts. For me, I'm pushed by the guys who have the subtotal. So, I am forced to hit weights that I don't hit in the in the gym. I just don't. So, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I saw with you and Dan. It was like, you are, you, you have a better subtotal than him. So, he's going to have to hit his lifts. And you put the ball in. So, if he misses one of those deadlifts, then the ball is completely in your court. Where it's advantage for us, which I actually think is the true advantage you get in powerlifting. is. I think it's a, it's a, you're better off being a deadlift specialist as opposed to a subtotal specialist because we get to pick our numbers. And nothing's really that far out of contention if you are a really good deadlifter. Um, so that's like the game you play. But we're yeah, like Noriega, Gruden have the advantage over me is they are forcing me to hit a lift that I never hit before in the gym. And I have to hit all my lifts. If I miss my second attempt, I'm done. And but if they but if, like if they miss, say like a bench press or a squat, then the you know advantage goes to me because I have a deadlift. So same thing with you. If you miss your third bench, you know it makes Dan it makes Dan's life a whole lot easier.
1: When you imagine when you get that bench up.
0: Yeah, I've been I've been I've been thinking about that for a while. <laughs>
1: Jeez. Hey, but I, I I think I just recently saw, did you just bench 170 in training or something?
0: Well, no. Kind Well, in the prep for nationals, I bench 170, but I've hit 170 like the most of powerlifters hit 170, I think. <laughs> because, really? yeah, like I always hit it. Like I hit it in the gym uh-huh. a lot. That's always my top end. I hit 172 before. Um, and in comp, I've hit it twice. That's another thing where people are like, oh, what a big. Pr 170. I'm like guys, I hit it comp twice. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I don't know what you guys are saying. Like I, I'm like I I don't know. That's I'm like damn. People think worse of my bench press than I even think of it, which is which is a <laughs> which is a, a statement right there. Um, but yeah, I've hit 170. You know, just got to get much better than 170. I got to hit like 177 in the gym. So I can play with 172 and 175 on the platform.
1: You actually hit less in comp? That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, will, bench press for us. Yeah,
1: because I know there's some lifters that usually hit more in training and less in comp.
0: I, I For bench press, we are pretty conservative because we don't know where we're going to get on meet day. So, like, if we hit 170 in the gym, we're not going over 170 on the platform. That we, do, we did that once. I did 167 in the gym, and I did 170 on the platform. But when it comes to bench press, we're just like, nah, too many variables to play with. You could fuck up something weird on your setup. I mean, I'm just not as strong as you. Like, that's that's another thing. Like, me just getting a more jacked upper body just so I can just muscle through lifts. Because I remember I knew I was going to miss 167 in Nationals right when I set up on bench press. Right when I got on the thing, right when I got the lift off, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to (laughs) miss. Because my lat was hanging a little bit on the bench press. And I couldn't feel it as much, and I couldn't get myself, like, tightened in. I'm like, yep, this is what happens on bench press. And that's why we don't try to go anything over that far over what we hit in the gym. And also you know, even if you tell someone to do a press command for you, it could fuck up. Like it could, it could lead to a mislift in the gym. It could lead to a too fast of a a command. So it's like, you got to trust yourself, but then you don't know what the judge is going to do on the day. Bench press is all over the place for us. I just need, I just need to consult with you two, I guess. You'll get it, man. (laughs) Well, thank you for giving me (laughs) confidence in that. Um, I have as, I'm glad you have as much confidence in my bench press as I have in stoic gear. Ladies and gentlemen, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. It is the most quality and also the most affordable. You will not break the bank getting yourself some stoic singlets, wrist wraps, knee sleeves, belts. You're not paying for the logo. You are paying for quality. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself even more money on stoic gear use that promo code angelo10 go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear morgan it's been over an hour man it was a pleasure having you on it's been a long time coming hope to have you on again sometime
1: yeah man thank you it was a blast
0: yep good luck again Char-
1: um just want to say thank you guys for bringing some more awareness to the sport i think you guys are doing a fantastic job
0: i appreciate it man um and thank you for coming on good luck with everything uh can't wait to see what you do next can't wait to see the competition well uh, really quick when we end what's what's what is the next planned comp
1: uh we're going to world's nice <laughs>
0: I'm like that's all right uh <laughs> like
1: um I really <laughs> there's don't another don't... competition
0: you got to do but <laughs> fantastic Yeah, i don't
1: know i mean honestly because Nats got moved mm-hmm. to september and i know Worlds is in june i'm trying to figure out when pla nationals is going to be
0: february I think. February, February, yeah. February, I think okay, late we'll- February. Uh, right before the Arnold. So it's kind of putting USAPL lifters in a weird position. Because if you want to do the Arnold, you can't really have that break.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm debating whether t- either to do the Arnold or possibly Nats to try to get to Worlds. Mm-hmm. Maybe just do it because I know... USAPL Nats is after, so if I get banned, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll that see. Makes sense. I really don't know. I mean, have to see how life plays out. So I really, don't have a clear idea right now.
0: All right. Well, regardless, it's going to be hopefully within the same time frame. We're really excited. We're going to do, of course, if you do nationals, that's going to be great for Powerlifting America because you're going to have one. You might get a DM from Powerlifting America right after this power uh, this thing, by the way. They're good at
1: recruiting. <laughs> So, <laughs> hey, they're, they're, I mean, their social media is is pretty good. All yeah, right. they're
0: doing a solid job at it, but yeah. like I've seen things. Like, I've seen, like, okay. when we had a lift, like, we have a lifter come <laughs> on and they talk about Powerlifting America. I could see them get a little bit active on the comments. It's like, all right, those are hmm. some recruiters right there. NC Nick Saban is, uh, Powerlifting America has given Nick Saban, you know, a run for his money as far as recruiting goes, but, um, Yeah, so we'll – I mean, it'll be great for them because then you have one more 66 kilo lifter in there making everything more interesting. Um, And then, of course, in the USAPL, you and the Pro Series, you and Dan Clements uh, going back and forth will be great as well. So good luck with everything, Um, and we'll see you guys on Friday with our preview of the American Pro. So stay tuned for that. Peace.